All right, let's, let's, let's get into what we're going to talk about today. Um, well, let me just offer this before we get into God's masterpiece, which we're talking about today. Uh, it's time to look in the mirror. All right. So, 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 uh, there was necess- it's not necessarily in the notes for the message, but when I was standing back there, it's what God uh, had inspired me to share. It's time to look in the mirror, the whole mirror. You know, not just the, the face, but the entire mirror. Embrace what you see and make it the adjustments. All right. So he that has ears to hear, what? Let him hear, right? Right? All right, so we're going to get into today's message, God's masterpiece. I know I've been talking about it for a while, but I think it'll be good. Let's go to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2. You know, I know uh, God is trying to do some things because even though I got the message, I got what we're going to talk about, I was uh, downstairs and he was just constantly downloading even more. So I don't know, this might be one of those seven-week messages. Unless God shifts it. Now, we've been talking about purpose vision. Hopefully, you got enough um, information on vision to be ready for your vision for this year. Okay? All right. So, Ephesians 2. And <laughs> played myself on this one, didn't I? Uh, so, Lou, if you could, in that front zipper pocket, if you can give me my phone, please. Yeah, you had to rhyme, but. You know, you got those big calves. You, you, you see his footprints right there. <laughs> All right. So see, like power going across there, boy. <laughs> Trying to scare folk, Blue. All right, so Ephesians 2, verse 10. All right, and then um, it says, uh, says this. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, of course, you know, uh, in our survival kit, we learn 8 through 10, for by grace are we saved through faith, right? Right, you know that, right? Right? And that not of yourselves, but it's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast, right? Verse 9, then it goes into verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. The New Living Translation says this, we are God's masterpiece, right? So that's, that's the replacement word for workmanship. Uh, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things, do the good things he planned for us long ago. Okay, amplified, right? The amp, Pastor Mel says. For we are his workmanship, his own master work and work of art. Created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so he could prepare the way beforehand but we still have the choice to follow the path that he prepared. See, there's a lot of times when people re- hear uh, preordained or foreordained or 
Well, God already planned. I don't have to do nothing. No, we have a choice to follow what he planned. You know, if I'm building a building uh, and you, you know, I know uh, Marcus does graphics, you know, so if you design the building, you could design anything you want. If we all are decided to, to do it different from the specs that you gave us, it's, it's, it's just a waste of time. So, so we think we're off the hook and it's God's fault and God's responsibility, but God has given us the script, given us the plan, given us the advanced information of, of the right path to follow. We have to choose to follow it, Right. It says, it says, look, so that we walk in them, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us. Okay. All right. So, so, so again, we're his masterpiece. And for us to really harmonize with that masterpiece, there's a prescribed uh, blueprint that we have to harmonize with. Okay. Uh, Psalm 139, 13 and 14. Some of these scriptures will be familiar, but we'll look in the, through the lenses of God's masterpiece. All right, so Psalms 139, verses uh, 13 and 14. Love this here. It says, uh, well, see, here's some pages turning, so I give you an opportunity to get there. All right, it says, for, for thou has possessed my reins, thou has covered me in my mother's womb, right? It says, I will praise thee for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are, are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well, okay? Fearfully, you know, and wonderfully. So this detailed when something is fearfully done. You know, I've been doing, I've been hovering around art my entire life, ever since I was a kid. And the thing is, like, you know, when I was young, I drew the, the comic book heroes. And so what I was doing is I was drawing what was already what I saw, you know, and trying to draw it to a specific detail. And I remember the, 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 the key uh, tool that I had, besides the pencil, was the eraser. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, you're young, you're doing stuff, you do it, you erase it, you do it. And if you got a bad eraser, you just have a bunch of smudges, right? You know, and I remember the first time I drew, uh, now I called it, I was young, I was a kid, so don't, don't laugh at me. I called it a mural, a mural. Uh, uh, no, I didn't say that exactly right. But, uh, but really, all it was was a big poster. But it was the first time I drew something besides one character. And it was the first thing that I ever did that took more than one day. But I never knew it was okay to go beyond a day. So normally if I started something, I, had, I, I finished it that day. So this is the first time I'm doing something. I'm like, well, I'm not going to finish this today. And it just hit me like a revelation. Hey, we can come back tomorrow. <laughs> You know, but I had never done that ever for years. Started, finished it. I'm talking about 11, 12, 13, 14 years old. I start something, I finished it, right? Now I'm, I'm doing something that's beyond the capacity of the day. I'm doing something that's going to take longer than a day to complete. It's going to take longer than a day to prepare for. 
right? All right, so you got me so far. All right, good. Just make sure we, but, but what, what, what I learned about art even back then is, I know, it's not just right. If you ever see a good barber, a good barber's like, ah, nah. Like, you, you're like, what are they doing? Aren't they finished? But they're trying to get every little hair that's in the way of that line being perfect and that blend being smooth. You know why? Because they're artists, right? They're, they're, they're trying to work a masterpiece on your head, right? And then they're, they're, they're making sure they, they craft that thing just right. They get that line up just right. The people that are good barbers. We know the bad barbers aren't doing masterpieces. You know, they're just like, you know, rushing you through, getting your money, and sending you out looking like you're crazy. Right, right? But, but, but the women know about masterpiece because you spend about four hours. <laughs> Right? And they'll take, they're doing whatever they're doing in there with your hair. I don't know what they're doing. You know, it seems like they're beating you up. <laughs> you know, right? But why? Somebody's trying to create a masterpiece. Let's go here to Ephesians uh, 4. So, you know, these masterpieces take detail. And guess what? They take time. Right? And if it's really, really God's masterpiece, it's going to take some time. Now, imagine if you're the canvas. You just can't get up when you're done. <laughs> you got to lay there until God's finished with the masterpiece, right? Matter of fact, you don't ever see the canvas go, I'm good. This enough. Canvas is just laying there until the master takes it and displays it because it believes it's ready. Sometimes it stays hidden behind cloth. No, 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 don't look back there. It's not ready yet. I can't reveal it yet, right? I'm still working on some things. <laughs> Come on, y'all got to lock in, got to lock in. All right, so Ephesians 4 uh, and verse 24, it says, And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The Amplifier says this. It says, and put on the new self, the regenerated and renewed nature created in God's image, God-like, in the righteousness and holiness of truth, living in a way that expresses to God your gratitude for salvation. Now, this new creature that's taken on is created in Christ Jesus that we just read. So this is God's masterpiece, and you'll see God set things up from the beginning. We'll get into it way from the beginning where, where, where he had this heaven and earth option. So he decided to create a masterpiece, to, do, to create a heaven and earth masterpiece. All right, so we'll, so we'll get into this, okay? All right, so Genesis 2. Genesis 2. All right, so Genesis 2, and we'll lock in here on verse 7, right? Now, it says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, right? So we know what? Of the earth, right? He formed man from what? The earth, what was already existing in the earth, right? And then, and it says, and, that's a conjunction. 
and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul. All right, so at this, t- this point right here, God is working his masterpiece. So he's taking what he created in the earth, and he formed a man. So, and then he breathed heaven into the man, and that man became something never, ever seen before, a living soul. Something with heaven and earth in it at the same time, right? He was creating his masterpiece, right? See, God's masterpiece is full of the master. Let's look here at Ephesians 3. We're going to go back to Genesis. So, well, you don't have to hold your place because Genesis is the first book. I mean, well, Genesis is the first book. So, So let's go here to uh, Ephesians 3. I know we were in Ephesians 4. Because this is God, like, really. So, so throughout the Bible, God has this plan. Obviously, Adam and Eve tripped. God uh, comes up with a, a uh, we could say a reroute or contingency, or he works in, he's working it out for good. So as he's working out for good, he's constantly giving us the little pieces to get back to his plan. See, God is different. God is almost like a GPS. What's your GPS? Right? You know, your God purpose satellite. With your GPS, right, you, you can make mistakes with a GPS, but it never highlights the mistakes. Right. It gives you the next best step from where you are. Every time. It never goes, David, come on, man. How many? We go this way all the time. How could you make that turn? It doesn't talk about it, doesn't highlight it, doesn't frown like we do. Doesn't go, oh, where you going? I just told you to go left. It doesn't do none of that. What does it do? It tells you where to go from where you're at to still get where you're trying to go. It works it all out for good. Right? Matter of fact, if you, I, I did it on purpose today. I was, I was driving because, you know, we, we had to, I had to pick up the car. And so I was driving, but I didn't want to use the freeway. So I drove past the freeway, but I still had my GPS on. And, and, and so I'm looking at the map while I'm driving past. Well, the, the, the blue line shifted to another path, and it just told me where to go. It didn't even go, about to make a shift. It didn't say nothing. It just shifted, and it's, oh, when you get here, make a left. Then I did it again. I was supposed to come up. Uh, so going out freedom was supposed to uh, make the right on um, whatever that street is. And now I'm supposed to make a left at Valleydale, around where we used to, uh, the old church was. So, but I didn't want to make the left. I wanted to go to Brookdale because I wanted to give me something to eat. So, so when I drove by, all it said was, at the next light, make a left. That's all it said. See, so God is that way. When, when, when we are not obedient and we're not doing what we're supposed to do, guess what? He just tells you, oh, when you go up there, make a left. See, we, well, we, we start asking questions. Oh, why I got to make the left? Man, just make the left. How come you don't ask the GPS questions? You ever thought about it? How you go, what do you mean? How come you just follow his instructions? That's how we should do with God's purpose system. All right, you got me? All right, so, all right, so. So, so, so again, God, the, the God's masterpiece is full of the master. And Ephesians 3, 19, it says, uh, you know, after it tells us you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, the details to the masterpiece, right? 
It says verse 19, and to know the love of Christ, right, which passive knowledge is beyond knowledge, right, that you may be what? Filled with what? All the fullness of God. See, see, so what he did in Genesis 2-7, way back in the Old Testament when things started, he's still talking about now. Be filled with all the fullness of God. Nothing's really changed because he knows God's masterpiece has to be full of the master. Guess what? Has to be masterful. <laughs> Flavor words. Has to be master-full. Right? The masterpiece has to be masterful. Now, now we know this from Genesis 1. This was God's original plan for a masterpiece because it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So he created heaven to harmonize with the earth. Man, that's masterful. So when, you, when they're both together and they're harmonized, it's, 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 see, as one, that's masterful. Then it said, and God was finished with the heavens and the earth and all the host of them, right? Right? The host of heaven and earth was his masterpiece. See, so he created the heavens and earth together to be masterful, full of the master. And then he, he, he put the host in them to, to start to, to build on his masterpiece. Now, we know that because of sin, there was a separation from God, right? We know that, right? So it's a separation from what it takes to be a masterpiece. Like, we can't do it on our own. Uh, Genesis 2, 18, it's not good for man to be alone, right? We know that, right? We can't, uh, apart from him, we could do nothing. We just was talking about this, uh, one of these classes we got around here, right? John 15, 5, right? All right, so, so here you have, uh, uh, you, you got Adam that created the separation. So God, his reroute was to send Jesus to pay the price for sin. We talked about that this morning in Bible study fellowship, right? And so, so it says in the beginning was, uh, uh, the word was, in, in the beginning was the word, and the word was, with God. The word was God, and the word, and the word was with God. Well, go ahead, since y'all know so much. And then what else? Just keep reading all the way to 14. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Right. When you get to verse 14, what happened? Okay, you read the word what? Became flesh. And, right, and we beheld. The only begotten of the Father, right? Right? All right, so the word became what? See, now, we know heaven and earth was together. Adam and them created a separation. God's masterpiece was what? A, a earthly being with heaven all full of them, breathed in them. That was God's masterpiece, Right? We know Adam and them separated that, and all they can operate is basically earthly. Jesus comes to die, and as we learn in a, a discipleship class, a foundation class, becomes the bridge, right? Right? He's the bridge. He brings us back into to connection with God because there's a, a gap, right? Jesus is the bridge to bring heaven and earth back together again, right? That's why we pray for it to be on earth as it is in heaven, right? All right, so... So how he started that process, the deity that he was came, right, and became flesh. So flesh 
can be, so the word became flesh, so flesh can become the word. Right? You see that? You, you, see, you see that? So, so to bring things back to Genesis 2 7, right? Being a living soul, right? As opposed to a dying soul, right? Because the wages of sin is. Okay, all right, good, good. Just stay with me. Just, you know, this is, this is the first of the, the masterpiece, so I got to build a foundation here, right? All right, now let's go here to John 4. John 4. Again, we're talking about God's masterpiece, and we're talking about how God began with a masterpiece. Man has uh, gotten aware of that at times through disobedience, uh, separation from God, and lean to our own understanding and so forth. I just added those last pieces in there, but you understand, right? All right, so John 4, 24. Is that right? Is that what I'm trying to read? Let me see. Okay, good. Now, God is a spirit, right? Now, this remember, he breathed into Adam. The spirit breathed into Adam became a living soul. What did he breathe into him? Spirit, right? Now, after the colon, it's breaking down why this was necessary for Jesus to communicate. It says, and they that worship him must, now, 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 you know, worship is extreme love, giving yourself, right? Like, you know, offering yourself in love to God, right? So you can, like, if you present yourself as a living sacrifice, you offer your song, you offer your dance, you offer your service, you offer your production, you offer your ushering, you offer your teaching as kids, you offer your job, all these things. They're forms of worship if you offer them up to God in love, right? You got me? All right, so it says, they that worship him must worship him, look, look, in spirit and in truth. Now, this is breaking down the, the heaven and earth. So if I'm, if, 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 if I'm an earthen vessel, I have to be the truth of what God designed. Right? But I also have to be submerged in, in the spirit. So, so because spirit and truth together positions us to be God's masterpiece, right? See, I can't, God can't fearfully and wonderfully make me. I corrupt or change his design. And then I start walking around going, I'm in the spirit. I'm in the spirit. Yeah, but you're not in truth. Then I can't say, I'm just going to be everything God told me to be and be in truth, but I'm not submerged in the spirit. God doesn't get his masterpiece. All right, you got me there? All right, see, see, so, so let's go, let's, let's, let's show you how we mess up his masterpiece, uh, Romans 1. Remember, now, he took earth and formed it into a truth. Now, tr the word truth means final reality. That's why you shall know, be intimate with the truth, and that's what will make you free. Free to be God's masterpiece, right? Truth is finished product. You know? The truth about a caterpillar is what? It's a butterfly, right? So that, that, that's, that's completing God's design to become the butterfly. Butterflies are beautiful. Caterpillars are cute, <laughs> but they're not as beautiful as butterflies and they're limited. Butterflies can fly everywhere. Caterpillars are struck, stuck around a couple of them trees that they're crawling around, right? See the difference. All right, so now let's go to Romans 1 because we're talking about this spirit and truth. We're talking about uh, this God's fullness in the earthen vessel. And um, uh, I don't want to get into all of this. I was, uh, Romans 1, 25, 21 through 25. 
Well, I'm going to start at verse 18, but we're going to focus on those four verses. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all, revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and, and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Basically holding the truth captive in unrighteousness, right? It says, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. It says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that he made, even the eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. We're all without excuse based on what God created. Verse 21, it says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. So not even appreciate God the closer we get to him, not value and appreciate, taking things for granted, right? It says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, you know, overconfident in themselves. 23, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into, the, into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than a creator who is blessed forever. Amen. See, so this is the thing. It takes truth and spirit to totally worship God and to be in position for to be his masterpiece, but we can choose to corrupt God's truth. Right? We see that all the time, right? You start to read through that, it says men start doing things with men and women start doing things with women. With women. So perverting God's truth, right? Twisting or making it wicked, okay? So we must stop adding our brush strokes to God's masterpiece. We must stop adding our brush strokes to God's masterpiece, right? See, see, uh, See, see, so Genesis 1, Genesis 1. Let's go back to Genesis 1. I know we're dancing back and forth, but let's be some good study material for you, okay? All right, so Genesis 1, and we'll lock in here. Now, this is before Genesis 2 7, which was the accomplishment of what he planned, but this is what his, when he started this whole process. Right, Genesis 1:26. It says, "And God said, let us make in our, let, let us make man in our image. Look, and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth." So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. See, this is God saying, hey, let's create a masterpiece. Let's make man in our image and after our likeness. But since they're in the earth realm, we're going to have to breathe our image in them. This is going to be phenomenal, right, if we don't put our hands on it. That's why the scripture says in Isaiah 45, 9, it says, shall the potter say something to the clay or question? 
Shall, shall the clay say something to the potter? The, so the potter is making the pot. You ever seen the clay go, whoa, 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 whoa. Man, I don't want to be ashtray. I want to be a vase. And, 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 and I don't like the way you're forming me. No, what? However the potter makes the clay, that's what it becomes. And we're the clay and he's the potter, right? See, we're God's masterpiece when, we've, when we're finally established by God, when we're finally established by God, when we're finally established by God and cloaked in his glory. We become his masterpiece. Now, let's look here. First Corinthians. Uh, doing pretty good here. In our time, be able to get all this foundation in. All right, so uh, this is this is wonderful scripture, and it's why you always hear me say, "Glory to God." All right, so First Corinthians ten, verse thirty-one. First Corinthians ten, verse thirty-one. It says, uh, "Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all." How much? To all to the glory of God. Right? So all things you do, you do to the glory of God. And let's go over here to the next book. Uh, well, not next book, but next. Yeah, the next book. Second Corinthians 3. Second Corinthians 3, verse 18. Now, I'll just read verse 17 because it's one of my favorite scriptures, but it says, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, right? Uh, verse 18, it says, but we all, how many? We all. we all. It says, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. And so I was having, we was having a conversation, which I don't had a lot of conversations where, where uh, this is another state, but a couple, uh, you know, just kind of got out of the flow of God. You know, you ever got out of the flow of God? I see you have a bunch of amens on that one. Amen, 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 hallelujah. Woo, yeah, pastor. All right, so, so, and so as, as you know, when we talk to couples, even when we do our questionnaire for premarital, First thing on there is where you at with God. I mean, why, why even start a relationship <laughs> if you're not going to be where you need to be with God? Yeah, you could be in love with the person as much as you want to. When the butterflies wear off, if you don't have God, you don't have what it takes to love them. They don't have God, they don't have what it takes to love you. But anyway, you see, that's hard for people to realize because they think their, their infatuation is going to sustain them. No. <laughs> They think that money going to sustain them too. No. <laughs> right? Yeah. But anyway, let's, 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 let's stay focused here. All right. So, so, so what we told a couple is this, is this is why you're battling. Constantly battling. I said, because where, where you been with God? Where you been with God in his word? Where you been spending time with God? Well, not as much. And then it wasn't a conversation like, what's wrong with you? It was just a, a, an awakening, right? And so we explained to them this. Well, when you haven't been spending time with God, you're not getting the advanced information. So everything in your life, you're living in interruptions. Your whole life is interruptions. 
All right? So you're living in interruptions, so that creates arguments because you ain't ready for it. Well you, well, 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 you didn't tell me. Well, why you didn't do this? Well, you should have did this. Well, I don't know what to do. Well, don't you know? Because, you, cause you know, you, you think you're supposed to know everything even when there's an interruption. Even though it's an interruption, how would you know? Right? But if you were spending time with God, you would have advanced information. You'd have the wisdom to respond. You'd be responding like your spiritual GPS. Hey, I see that situation. We're going to do this. Hey, I see that. Even, even as we grow a church, you haven't noticed people... Frustrated because somebody got advanced information and somebody don't. So somebody's doing something at the last minute and somebody's way ahead. That's a clash right there. Because you're interrupting the person that's doing stuff at the last minute. You're messing up their comfort zone because they're chilling. And now you you giving them responsibility. <laughs> but advanced information, you're like, oh, I was ready for this already. You got me? Uh, <laughs> got an amen from the brother back there. <laughs> right? Right? You, 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 uh, uh, work with me here, y'all. All right. So what changes his image when we spend time, time around him, right? And, and the goal is for, him, for his masterpiece to have what? Truth and be submerged in the spirit, right? And so we're in, we have to ask ourselves this question. When we're in ministry, business, athletics, whatever we're doing, is it God or us? Is it God's masterpiece or is it what we think is our masterpiece? Okay? Even though the Bible says God set the members in the body as it pleases him. Right? First Corinthians 12, 18, right? All right. When we're called to an unscripted presentation, stay with me on this one. When we're called, arrested, or brought into an unscripted presentation, is it God or is it us who's deflecting the responsibility? See, see, this is what we do. When, when something's been unscripted, our automatically response is, see, because see, see, what? It, it ain't smooth as we want it to be, right? It ain't going to turn out the way we plan. Like, like, you know, some people even in ministry... If you give them a, a, enough time in advance, they'll put together a nice sermon. Probably too much information, right? But if you say, hey, uh, uh, you know, so it's, it's Sunday, 7, now I'm going to give it 8 o'clock a.m. 8 o'clock a.m. Hey, we need you to uh, preach Sunday. Me? Yeah, you. We need you to preach Sunday. You got the message. And I'm going to sit down there with Pastor Mel. You just go ahead and do your thing. And then, then, then you, you, you go out, you do it. You're not comfortable with it. You weren't even comfortable with the faces looking at you while you're doing what you're doing, right? Then when it's over, you got an attitude. Well, I, I just believe, you, you know, you, get, you put me in harm's way. You said you wouldn't put us in harm's way. You didn't give me enough time. Is that God talking or is that you? See, see, this unscripted presentation may not be comfortable for you, but it's about, it's about God carving out his masterpiece. That actually happened to me. In the middle of a sermon, not, yeah, it happened to me before a sermon too, like literally like half hour before the service started, right? 
But this happened to me in the middle of a service. From that day forward, I was like, well, I'm never going to be surprised like that again. So I'm going to train myself to flow with the Holy Spirit, unscripted. So I kept going in the situations uh, when I ministered to those guys at Capitol. I just bring my Bible. So I ask them questions. Once they start answering questions, like, that's the topic for the day. I don't have no script, and I'm unprepared to answer their questions. Because, see, if I have a script of what I'm teaching, you ask me questions about what I'm teaching, I can answer those. I'm prepared to message. You don't know what I'm talking about. But if you're the one that's initiating the conversation, I ain't got no prepared answer. So I got to rely on who? The Holy Spirit. So I got to rely on some power besides me. Which now that power, once I place a demand on it and it starts to come through me, it starts to change me into God's masterpiece. All right? All right, so, <laughs> see, the question was, is it us or is it God? It's us when we've established ourselves. See, it's God when he's established us. And I'm, I'm going to get into this. We talked about this in class in uh, Abiding Christ, but I'll, I'll give you some of this, that information. See, this is when we cheat God's masterpiece for a messy piece. When we try to establish ourselves, we cheat God's masterpiece for a messy piece. See, I've been watching. Listen, uh, somebody shared, uh, my sister, I was about to say who shared it. When my sister was talking, she says, you know what? I've been watching you. She says, you patient. Like, like you, you're not in a rush to do anything. You're not in a rush to purchase anything. You're not in a rush. You just... Like, even if somebody is misunderstanding you or see through, you just be letting stuff play out. She says, I've been watching you. Right? Let's give you a propsy bet. Right? And, but I've been watching, I watch people. I don't always say what I see, but I watch people. I watch people go, they don't take all that. I just be watching them. You know what my confidence is? I know it takes all that. So I don't need to keep, I don't have to debate with you. I'm going to give you the wisdom. Now, you, you can accept or reject it. And this is, I think, I think me and you was talking about this. I'm not sure. Me, I think me and Pastor Mel was talking about this. Or while we was talking about it, this pierced my spirit. Because we always have a conversation. We're like, like, why would you even go through all that? And what I've been watching is people getting the advanced information, decide, think it's optional, Right? So if you embrace it, you're going to go through a whole lot less because it's God's instructions to follow his masterpiece. If you don't, you're still going to get to the masterpiece, but the hard way. So some of us got to get stung, broken, lose all that they thought they was dependent on, get their hearts broke to embrace what God is saying. When you could have just did what God said the first time. You know what I'm saying? Like, struggle. Be out there struggling. Walk in the street. When God, if you to follow God's information, you'd be in abundance. I think about this. You know, that's why we don't, we, we don't, we don't overbear on things. But I was, I was, I was reflecting on, because God was showing me something that's about to happen here real soon. And what I was reflecting on, people are going to be wondering how. 
And you know what, what, the, what the, my only answer could be? We tithe. We're obedient. But I, I see people, they decide whether they want to as if, as if it's an option. Is that my? Oh, that's next week. I'm jumping ahead. My bad. Uh, so, so that's next week's information. <laughs> right, we'll get into next week's information later. All right. All right. So this is what <laughs> you said. So I did that. You said, yeah, you know, it was a commercial. I put up the trailer. You know how they be showing what's going to happen next week. All right, so, all right, so, so this is what happens when we don't trust God and try to establish ourselves, right? And so the scripture says this. It says uh, Deuteronomy 8. I just did an audible and came right back to what I was supposed to do. Okay. So tempted to get into next week. All right, so Deuteronomy 8, uh, and we'll lock in um, at verse 17. It says, And thou shalt say in thine heart, My power and my might, and the, I'm sorry, and the might of mine hand has gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Look, that he may establish, right, we'll get into that in a second, his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. Now, now, now this word here, established in Hebrew, it's, it's uh, confirm, right? So he can confirm his covenant. See, but we do things. So, so I watch young, young, young boys for years. Uh, they get to a place where they go, no, nah, I got this, I got this, I know what I'm doing. But they think they're less than if they take the instruction of a parent, right? I watch the athletes, they ball and the dad to help them the whole way. Then they get to a point like, man, I know what I'm doing, I know what I'm doing. Because they don't want the people to say, well, you're only as good because your dad helped you. You got to apply it. If Steph Curry thought, thought like that, he wouldn't be the, one of the greatest shooters ever to play the game. But before him was his dad, Dale Curry, who was a phenomenal shooter. And all he did was submit to his dad. Right? Then, you know, hey, what do you think, dad? What do you say, dad? What do you say, okay, dad? But ain't nobody thinking about Dale Curry right now. Some of y'all don't even know who he is. Now, right now, know who he is right now? He's, he's Steph Curry's dad. But when he was, when Dale Curry was playing for Charlotte, that was, that was, Steph was Dale Curry's son. Oh, that little dude, oh, that's Dale's son. Yeah, that's Dale's son. Now, they go, oh, yeah, that's Steph's dad. So it doesn't make a difference that you learn from people. You got to come into your own anyway. Pastor didn't show me that. Yes, he did. He did. She did. Yes, she did. But you, you, God's going to make, okay, I'm about to skip into something else. God's going to make a name script. Right, so let's talk about this, allowing God to establish you, because this is a part of his masterpiece, right? And uh, we talked a little bit about this in um, uh, Bible school, Abiding Christ last week. You know, I think we're going to get into more of it. Uh, this, yeah, because we didn't even finish the chapter. We got so deep, right? So Proverbs 16.3, Proverbs 
All right, it says, roll your works upon the Lord, okay? So the things that you would do, it says, roll your works upon the Lord. It said, commit and trust them wholly to him, right? He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will, and so shall your plans be established and succeed. So it's saying, whatever you're doing, roll that over to God. All things you do, do what? To the glory of God, right? It says, see, see, this is when God starts to establish you. Now, what is being established by God? We talked about this in Bible school. So it's to be set. It's to be fixed in. It's to be inalterable. That means once God establishes you, you can't be altered. You know, they're, they're, you know we have, we have uh, uh, things built out here. Some things are built out here with the right climate. It's altered. The house is leaning, <laughs> right, in the right climate. But there's, there's things that are built that wind, storms, everything come. The house be like, what? It's, it's, it's set. It's established. This is the thing. The scripture says don't be tossed uh, to and fro by every wind of doctrine. When you're established, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the faith, what I'm supposed to like not believe now? See, see, I'm, I'm inalterable because I was established by God. But if I'm establishing myself, look at the things you build without God. Man, that stuff be changing like the wind. How many years have you been doing it consistently? And then this is when we tell us, oh, no, no, I'm doing the same thing. I'm just doing it a different way. No, you're not. You change to something else, and you change to something else, because God hasn't established it. Okay, all right, just, just stay with me. This is not a put down. This is an enlightenment, because we want to live in manifestation this year, right? And it's going to take being God's masterpiece, right? So, so it's, it's being said, it's being fixed in, it's being inalterable. All the pieces immovably in place, that's when you're established by God. All the pieces of your life immovably in place. Right? See, because God set the members in the body. Set. Set the members. Set them in the body as it pleased him. That's why uh, Pastor Mel was talking about this uh, with, a, with a couple. She was talking about Psalm 92, 13. They to be planted in the house so flourish in the courts. See, a plant, something that's planted is the roots are deep. Man, do you understand all these trees back here that we got on our property? Winds and everything grows. We got creeks. You got lakes. You got, you got all types of stuff. And the trees still be standing there because they're rooted. They're planted. Like the trees don't go, I don't like the way they be making all that noise when they get out of the church. I'm going to another location. I'm going to plant myself at another church. It doesn't happen that way. Regardless of the, listen, ice storms, snow in Charlotte, all these things happen, and I ain't seen one tree lead a church. <laughs> I just slipped that in there, because we should be trees planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth our fruit in our season, right? All right, so good. All right, so, so it's fixed, it's set. See, this is, this is what being established is, is Christ's justification with God's sealed in sanctification, positioning us for glorification. All right, so listen, is 
Christ is justification because he justified us, right? See, we wasn't justified because of our sin, but Christ died to justify, right? So we can come before the presence of God. We have access to what it takes for us to finally be a masterpiece because of what Christ did. Because separate from God, we can never be a masterpiece because remember, it was God creating us in this earthen vessel to truth and that truth being filled with the fullness of God. But because of sin, we don't have access to the fullness of God. We don't even get a drop. Because of Christ, we're justified to drink again. To drink again what fills us up and puts us in a position, right, to finally be glorified. Now, so what happens is it's Christ's justification. He justified it, right? So in other words, I came to the altar. I accepted Jesus. Now I'm justified. I have access. Remember when we said God designed some things, a path predestined some things, but you ain't got to take the path, even though it says narrow is the way. So we think because they're predestined, we automatically will walk in them. Well, see, I, I, I just think, you know, it's all on God. God know where we're going. God know where we're going because he can see where you're going. God is not in the earth realm. He ain't in this building. Listen, put me in a helicopter or in a plane 30,000 feet. I can see where you're going to. I can see days ahead. Put me up in a plane high enough. You may, it may take you two weeks to travel to California, but I can see from where you're at in California in a moment. What do you think God can see? So in God's position, he can see years ahead. That doesn't mean he's controlling all your choices on the years. He knows the outcomes and he see where you're going. If you were in a satellite watching uh, one of us go home, you'd be like, yeah, they're on the way home. You can call back down, Gerard, yeah, they're on the way home. Because you're looking at it. God is in the now. He's not bound by time. But we go, well, God knew what was going to happen. How come he didn't stop it? Because you have the choice. You can harmonize with his destiny. As Kalina sang at the play. <laughs> you can harmonize with his destiny or not. Right? So God, now, now he, he sends people to us to get us to open up to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and accept the justification. So I accept the justification, okay? I'm good. I'm justified now. I have access, right? But, but before I have access, when I showed up for the justification, I was a sinner. So when I show up for the justification, I also, so, so, so now I'm justified, but I'm still carrying around the residue. The defaults, the habits of the sinful life. So now I have to present myself as a living sacrifice and let God sanctify my behind. Right? But, but, I, but I can't keep getting up. See, I'm the canvas now. I'm justified to be back on the, the easel, right? Or on the table laid out so now God can finish his masterpiece. But just like I, use, I talked about earlier when I was started getting into art, I used the eraser 
there's some things that has to be removed that was added that was not necessary. So it's going to take a while to get rid of some of the residue. So now God, Jesus Christ's justification, God's sanctification sets me up for God's glorification, which is the masterpiece, okay? I'm not saying it because I just said it like three times already. Yes, I did. I said three times. Didn't I say it totally three times? God's justification, uh, Jesus' justification, God's sanctification sets us up for God's glorification. All right, so, right, so justification is as we accept Jesus Christ's payment for our sins. Justification is us accepting Jesus Christ's payment for our sins. Justification is, is us accepting Jesus Christ's payment for our sins. All right, did say that three times, right? <laughs> right? Gave you some time to write it down, right? Sanctification is being cleansed from the residue of the sin, right? Cleansed from the residue of the sin. And we said glorification is when all this stuff is completed. Now, we're going to get into some other words for sanctification, consecration, and all that stuff right now. But I simplified it, okay? I didn't give you the, the Webster's Dictionary version or your, uh, your topical biblical dictionary version. I, I simplified it for you. All right, so now, now let's go to Romans 8, okay? Romans 8. You with me so far? See, again, now we're talking about God's masterpiece and we're talking about how we fell away from the masterpiece and we talked about how God came up with a plan to get us back to being his masterpiece. And so first we had to be justified to, 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 for, for it to be a canvas again, present ourselves as a living sacrifice, only except unto God, which is our reasonable service. And then what God does is he, he wipes that, that, that uh, canvas clean of the things that we brought that we picked up in the world or that we allowed the devil to brush stroke on our canvas, right? So God has to, to, to fix all that, right? So a lot of times when we accept Jesus, we're like, well, I don't understand why this is happening. Yeah, because the residue hasn't been cleansed away, right? And we haven't allowed the, 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 the full process, right? All right, now uh, Romans 8. I'm not even in Romans. I thought I was there already. Sorry about I apologize. Not sorry, don't like making that statement, but I do apologize. All right, so Romans 8, and we'll, now this is after he says, we know all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to and harmony with his purpose or his masterpiece. All right, verse 29, right? This is after Romans 8, 28, right? Verse 29, it says, for whom he did foreknow, remember we talked about he previously knew us, like, uh, it says, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Right? So, so, he, so remember, predestined doesn't mean you, you, you won't make the choice. Conformed to the image of his son. Now, now, remember, he wanted to make us in his image after his likeness. So what he did was he took his son through a process and he want us to conform to that image. Okay? It says, conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, this is big. He... he had a plan, Adam and Eve messed up the plan. He sent Jesus 
to fulfill the plan, but also to show us what the plan is going to look like, right? So, 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 so stay with me here, that he might be the firstborn, highlight, underline, whatever you do to remember stuff, firstborn. So Christ was not just sent to pay for our sins. He was also sent to be the firstborn of something, the firstborn among many brethren. So there's a firstborn, but behind the firstborn is going to be many brethren like them, right? It says, moreover, whom he did predestinate, he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified, right? And so, so in the middle of the justification and the glorification is the sanctification that we talked about. Now, this is the key. Jesus was the firstborn masterpiece, of many brethren masterpieces. So, 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 so remember, God originally what? He breathed into Adam, right? He became a living soul. That was his whole goal, masterpiece. Heaven and earth together, a, 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 a vessel on earth filled with the fullness of God, right? They sinned, separated themselves from God, so you're no longer, not only longer a masterpiece, the major thing that makes you a masterpiece, which is, the fullness of God, you don't have access to. God, God, God being our spiritual GPS, he didn't go, man, what are you doing? Is that any other? He gave the next thing from there, Jesus. So Jesus comes, dies for our sin. Remember, he came unto his own and they received him not. They understood why he came. They would have took him right away. So basically, he was coming to say, hey, the reason why you're thirsty, the reason why you're frustrated, depressed, the reason why you're on drugs and, and falling into lust and stuff like that is because your thirst is not quenched. You're, you were designed to be filled with the fullness of God, to never thirst. Remember John chapter 7? This is the water I give you, you'll never thirst, right? He said, he says, so, hey, I came that you might have life and that more abundantly. John 10, 10, Right? I am the door. No man comes to the Father, the Master, to become a masterpiece without me. So our job is to accept his death, burial, and resurrection by faith, the justification, and that gives us back access to where we were before Adam and Eve tripped. But because we've taken on the sins of, sin of the world, we have to be cleansed of that, you know, we, that's why we go through discipleship here there as Christians in the church, okay? All right? It's kind of flush out all that noise, right? Does that make sense? All right, so, and then it goes on to say, hey, Jesus was sent to be the firstborn among many brethren. What? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Died as a man and took on a heavenly nature. When he died, he died to his flesh and was resurrected with the resurrection power of God. And the life he's living on the right hand of the Father is through that power flowing through him. Remember, he says, I, I, glorify me with the glory I once had in John. Right? I and the Father are now one. So now he's sitting on the right hand of the Father with when he breathes, God's power flows all through him. He was the firstborn of many brethren. So now he's like, so God is like, okay, I gave it to you. 
you didn't appreciate it. Now, I, I, I sent my son to pay for your lack of appreciation, but also to show you what I had planned. And not just show you, but to go through the extreme of what it takes to be my masterpiece. Die to itself, obedient unto death. Right? Now, you don't have to go through everything he went through because he went through it. But you have to go, you have to present yourself as a living sacrifice. You have to be obedient to gain access so now you can, I, I can continue to paint my masterpiece on your life. Does that make sense? But he was the firstborn among many brethren. The first heaven and earth being of many brethren. All right? You got me? All right, it says, look, uh, the Amplified version of, of, of Romans 8, 29 and 30 says, for those whom he foreknew, of whom he was aware and loved beforehand, he also destined from the beginning, for, foreordaining them to be modeled into the image of his son, and look, look, and share inwardly his likeness, that he might become the firstborn among many brethren, and those whom he thus foreordained, he also called. And those he called, he also justified, acquitted, made righteous, putting them into right standing with himself. And those whom he justified, he also glorified, raising them to a heavenly dignity and condition or state of being. See, the way he raised the justified was by having them sanctified. Because it says, it says, look, raising them to... So, so not soon as they got justified, they were automatically heavenly beings. Once they got justified, they had to be raised, just like you're raising your children. So that means you're raising them into what they're supposed to become, right? God's raising us into being established in his kingdom into his masterpiece, right? To be the many masterpieces following the path of Jesus, the ultimate masterpiece, right? All right, so that's all for today. I just want to give us a foundation of God's masterpiece and kind of uh, connect us to, connect the dots to a lot of scriptures that we have read, we read, and see how it all processes into God's ultimate the, uh, uh, painting on the canvas of our lives, okay? That's all for today. Any thoughts? Uh, from anybody, either online, if you have a thought, you can either call in, put your uh, TV on mute because it'll be a delay, or you can text your thoughts and we'll speak them out here um, so everybody else can be inspired by what you have to say. Or does anybody in the house have a thought? Well, I know you have a thought. Do you care to share uh, something that uh, hit you, inspired you, challenged you, awakened you, or made you realize? Any, any takers?